Welcome to this Market Commentator podcast. My name is Rijk van Niekerk and my guest today is Carl Leinberger. He is, of course, the Chief Investment Officer of Coronation Fund Managers. Carl, we spoke in July last year and then uh, you said markets all around were very expensive and that coronation was turning a bit defensive. A lot has happened since then. What are you doing now? Yeah, so our portfolios were very conservatively positioned, we, we felt and had warned for some time um, that markets had done very well and expectations were, were too high. Um, what you found subsequent to that is markets sold off quite significantly. Uh, just looking at the market here, there was a more than 10% sell-off uh, in the lead-up to, to January uh, this year where markets trust. And uh, in that period, and particularly in January, we actually significantly increased our exposure to, to growth assets been um, primarily equities and property stocks. So that uh, to such an extent that we would consider ourselves today to no longer be conservatively positioned, um, we think we have above average exposure to, to growth assets in all of our asset allocation funds at the moment. But we've seen a massive devaluation of the RAND or the exchange rate of the RAND you know, since uh, December last year when this political um, turmoil we are in started. How did this impact your decision making? I think that's a key point is we tend to focus too much on the RAND returns of the major asset classes and not recognize uh, what the RAND has done over the last few years. The RAND has halved from its, from its highs a few years ago. And therefore, the um, decline that I re- spoke about earlier of 10 to 15 percent in our market in rands was, in fact, much more than that in any hard currency. And hard currencies are relevant because today two-thirds of the value of the JSC actually sits in hard currency assets. So, in fact, our market had sold off a lot more than was apparent if you looked at it in rands. And that's why we think that um, you're getting better value in, in, in risk assets and growth assets than you have for many years. The currency flaws and Achilles heels, which we've all known about for a long period of time, have have been exposed over the last few years. And I think the only protection that investors can avail themselves of to the the loss and the purchasing power of their money is to buy stakes in businesses and in real assets, and hence the view that you need meaningful positions in in property and equities if you're going to protect yourself from inflation that's coming coming in the years ahead. But whenever the RAND dips like it did since the end of last year, the investment theme is uh, invest offshore. Uh, It may be too late now. What would your advice be to uh, investors? I think that, I mean, you're absolutely right. For five or six years, we've been strongly urging clients to increase offshore exposure. And in the beginning, the message was not well received. But what we found more recently is that clients are prepared to increase offshore exposure. Today, it's a much more difficult call. Um, The RAN has been very weak. Um, And in addition to that, a lot of SA Inc. businesses have performed very poorly in the market. Stocks like our banks, um, some of our clothing retailers, a lot of the the really domestic businesses out there have done very poorly. So I think it's a much more difficult call than it has been. And my message to clients would be that if you're fundamentally underexposed offshore, then I think you, more than ever, South Africans need that diversification that comes from offshore. If your exposures are appropriate, I think it would be a big mistake 
to go too high offshore. Um, the currency is very weak today. Um, so I think it's all about your positioning in portfolios. There are clients who have very little money offshore, you know, 5, 10, 15% offshore. I think that's too low a number. But if you're sitting at the, the sort of appropriate prudential levels, I think that um, this would probably be the wrong time to, to increase your offshore exposure. There are many investors, you know, invested via RAs who are now being forced to move money back to South Africa due to Regulation 28. What, what is the impact on those investors? I mean, I think that whenever there's regulatory management or supervision of one's investing activities, people, you know, people will be people will experience frustrations. But I think we must all bear in mind that that the offshore limits have been in- increased materially over time. Uh, when I joined this industry, I think it was around 10, 15%. Today, you can have 25% offshore, and, 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 and then there's an allowance for Africa in, in addition to that. So I think we must, we must be cognizant of the fact that those regulations have been relaxed materially over time. Not only have they been relaxed over time, but today, if you breach the 25%, you've got 12 months to rectify the situation and, and bring the money back, which greatly um, reduces the risk that you sell it at an are forced to sell it at an inappropriate time. So, yeah, I mean, I, we all feel those frustrations from time to time, but I think the savings industry is in a much better place than it was when I joined this industry, and I think we should just we would do well to remember that. An interesting change in the market dynamic seems to be foreign investors taking money out of South Africa. Do you think that impacts the market negatively? I, I think it definitely does. International investors, I mean, first of all, it's an additional buyer. Um, second of all, um, if you, want, you watch their behavior in the market, they are happy to pay up or to, uh, if they're buying positions or to sell out at, at, at discounts. They value liquidity um, and they want orders executed in a very short period of time. So I think they have a big impact on our market. South Africa runs a chronic current account deficit and, and it's a material deficit. Um, we spend more than we produce. We don't save enough for our investment needs, our economy, and for that reason, we depend on foreign capital um, to balance our balance out our, our balance of payments. So South Africa will always need foreign capital, has always needed it since since democracy. We've run a, a, a chronic current account deficit, and for that reason, um, that's the reason that that investors around the world are so nervous around what we've seen in South Africa the last year or two. We can't afford as a nation to scare off foreign capital. We need that money um, to balance our books, to fund investment in the economy. Um, And so how they view South Africa is actually crucial to the country's long-term success. But if foreigners are selling out, who are buying those shares? So foreigners own a about 40% of, of our market. It's a big number. I mean, that, that was very low 20 years ago, a couple of percent. So there have been big buyers of our market over the last two decades. And the sell-down we've seen has not been material. Um, there's been a lot of shifting of deck chairs. They've moved from one sector to another. But that, that overall ownership hasn't come down too much. Were it to do so, I think it would have a, a devastating impact on the market. Um, the only buyer for those assets is foreigners sell as locals. Um, and, and that would have big implications for price. So I think it remains crucial that we um, continue to attract foreign capital to our market. Coronation launched a new SA equity fund um, in September last year. Why did you launch a fund then? 
The launch, so Coronation has two equity funds. We've got the, the top 20 equity fund and we've got our, our equity fund. Um, and they both were domestic only equity funds. They invested on stocks listed on the JSE. What has happened over the last three or four years is that um, our, the market and our clients have increasingly moved in re- response to a, a regulatory relaxation into equity funds that do have the ability to invest in global equities up to around 25% of fund. And initially we, we resisted the market trend because we felt that um, clients invest in that fund should want domestic equity exposure. But we absolutely put clients first in the way we run the business and the overwhelming message from clients over the last two, three years has been that they would like for the fund to invest in global equities as well as domestic equities. Um, and for that reason, we listened to our clients and we launched the fund in September. Although retaining the ability for clients to invest in purely JSC listed shares, either in our top 20 equity fund or in the um, equity, the SA equity version of, of our equity fund. Well, if you look at the underlying investments, they are very internationally focused. Uh, Nasper, Steinhoff, uh, British American t- Tobacco, and MTN are the main, uh, you know, counters in that uh, portfolio. But that seems to be the theme in, in in most of your equity portfolios. Yeah, the the overwhelming majority of our SA equity portfolios are invested in global stocks that happen to be listed on the JSE, um, and you mentioned three of them. And the reason is that we think that they offer better value than your classic SA domestic business. However, I must say that those stocks that you mentioned have done well, and domestic stocks have come under a lot of pressure. And we are um, starting to buy some of those domestic stocks, which we think do offer long-term value, and selling some of those 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 global stocks that have done well for us over the years. Well, having said that, you are actually quite exposed to the uh, resources sector. 23% of this equity portfolio is invested there, uh, and that was a good call. Um, well, that is a good call. The, the, the resources sector has been the top-performing sector this year. Yeah, the resources position in our portfolio detracted in 2014 and in 2015. And um, while we completely agreed with the market in its view that the outlook was very tough for those businesses, as long-term investors, we felt that these shares, many of them were trading at fractions of what they were worth. Um, some of those shares at the bottom, like Anglo-American, Exaro, Impala, we felt we were worth three to four times the share price at their lows in January of this year. And as a long-term investor, um, we feel that regardless of difficulties in the short-term outlook for those businesses. If you can buy a business for 25, 30 cents in the range, you need to put a, you need to put a position on the table. So that was the, the thinking behind our position. It certainly wasn't a view that um, the short-term outlook for these stocks is any better than others thought. It's staying true to our investment philosophy, which is buying the most undervalued assets in the market and investing for the long term. Are you buying uh, into this sector now? No, no. I mean, uh, a lot of the resource shares in our portfolio have, have doubled or tripled from their lows in January. In fact, there's been some selling of, of some of those positions as they've come closer to our assessment of fair value. What are your, your most preferred stocks in this sector? In resources, we, we like the platinum stocks. Um, we are cognizant of the very long-term challenges presented by um, 
disruptive change in the automotive industry, um, being principally electric batteries, um, electric vehicles and batteries. But we think that over the next decade, um, PGM markets are likely to be in, in um, significant deficit. We think the market's complacent about those deficits. They believe supply will always be there. They believe that um, there's enough above ground stocks to meet those deficits. We suspect not. Um, and we think that there's a very decent risk or possibility um, that prices need to increase meaningfully in response to those deficits in the years ahead. A sector that is offering value is, is the financial sector. Are you active there? Yes. So I think that financial stocks sit in the eye of the storm that South Africa is facing today. Um, financial stocks move most closely to the RAND and to foreign sentiment about South Africa. Um, they are bellwethers of the SA economy. Um, they depend on the economy to grow. Sovereign downgrade would have implications for funding costs. So banks and, and financial services in general really are, are good indicators of, of sentiment in, in South Africa. have come off a lot. Uh, we've got big, well-run banks in South Africa like Nedbank trading on on seven times what we think they'll earn next year and 7% dividend yields, and those are very compelling numbers, and they discount a lot of risk. So we we do own um, significant positions in some of those stocks, and we have been acquiring. Another example would be Discovery, which which has, has been a great performer both as a business and as a stock over long periods of time. It's come off more recently, and, and we think it presents an opportunity to buy a very good company at a fair price. Coronation reported results and uh, there seems to be an outflow of, of, of money, um, especially from institutional investors. Um, it, while it followed your closure of some of your funds for new investments, uh, would you uh, revisit this strategy? Uh, we are a long way from revisiting the strategy. We um, announced the closure of most of our institutional products to new clients almost four years ago and expected at the time to experience outflows uh, for as long as the products were closed. And the reason for that is that the institutional market in South Africa is shrinking um, and the retail market is growing. So we knew that it would result in outflows. We expect it. Um, We don't think it's a bad thing. We think that the most important thing for ourselves as an independent manager is to beat the market and to do so meaningfully and in meaningful amounts and over meaningful periods of time. And if we do that, um, our shareholders will be well served. Um, So our message is that we've expected outflows. We don't think they're unhealthy. Coronation manages in excess of 600 billion rand. Um, And for us, what matters is how we perform in the funds we manage. And we think that that will make or break, will define our success um, over and above anything else one may look at. Did you see an outflow on the retail side? Yes, we did. Um, That also was anticipated. Coronation experienced inflows for three or four years way in excess of our natural market share. We always... um, commented to the market that we've expected some normalization in retail flows. The flows we've seen in the retail market haven't surprised us, and we think that they, um, they're they actually fairly healthy. A lot of our clients were very overexposed to us, and we would far rather have a sustainable allocation to coronation from our clients that um, can be held with us through good and bad years than, um, than to have an unhealthy allocation from our clients. Just lastly, uh, what is your outlook for the short and medium term? Last year, you were defensive. Uh, you are looking now for new opportunities. How active will you be in this market? Now, I would very much, as I, as I mentioned earlier on, I would describe us as, as being um, 
as, as, as no longer being defensively positioned. We think that South Africans face the grave risk of seeing the purchasing power of their money decline materially in the years ahead in response to what's happened to our, to our currency and our exchange rate. And we think that the way to protect yourself from that best is by the is through the purchase of stakes in businesses and earning streams and in the purchase of real assets. Um, we think that to sit with very high cash weightings um, might well be a mistake, and that's the reason for the significant change in our asset allocation funds in the last year, as you referred. Thank you, Carl. That was Carl Leinberger. He is the Chief Investment Officer of Coronation Fund Managers.